racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Here we go. Hello, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels. My name's Grant Rowley. I'm joined by Tony Delberto. We're both in the state of New South Wales, Tony D. Lockdown is officially over as far as we're both concerned. Lots of supercars <laughs> to talk about. A very cool guest coming up. Uh, you've done a road trip today. How was it? I have, mate. Uh, thanks for uh, getting me on today. I mean, I, I thought it might have, we might not have made it. I thought I might still be on the road. You tried, um, to, pull we, out, you tried to find some reasons to get out of it. Well, we did have to record our interview with our special guest a little bit earlier just to fit in with his very busy schedule. Um, yep. Very, very, very busy. And I was in the car at the time. So uh, there's probably a bit of background noise. And I did drive a transit van up here with all my gear in it. Um, and it was actually a very comfy ride. I was very surprised. How much gear so, do you need? Well, it was a bit of overkill, that is for sure. Bring uh, a simulator? I reckon I could have fitted it in, to be honest. If I could have picked it up out of my house without dismantling it, I would have done it. Yeah. Uh, but I've got three helmets. I've got all my race suits. Uh, I've brought my bike up. I've got training gear from Lee. He's kitted me all out for the for the month that I'm away. So there's a lot of stuff, and it was just too difficult to try and fit into uh, the Ranger that I normally drive. So I thought, bugger it. I spoke to my friends at uh, Western Ford, and they hooked me up with a little transit van. Awesome. Good on them. Very good. Very, very handy. Did you mention the Parked Up podcast for a $500 accessories well, uh, bonus? Well, I didn't have to buy it. So hopefully uh, uh, all our listeners are doing that when they're buying their new Ranger or Mustang or whatever they want from Western Ford. Yep. Make sure you do mention the Parked Up podcast and you'll get a little discount, a little gift pack worth mm. $500. That is, that is cool, uh, isn't sensational. it? Sensational. But, uh, yeah, great trip up. Very excited about the next month coming up, bit of time in a race car, and I get to see you. Oh wow! At some stage. Wow, wow, wow! That's that's exciting for you. That's exciting. You don't for sound all. so excited. You don't sound. I'm not excited actually. No, look, today I don't know. I'm just feeling a little flat today. I'm just really. Oh. Uh, I'm tired. Two races We're, in a row, Tony D. Having uh, having had no racing at all to do over the fit. past few months, and I'm not match fit. But uh, I'll I'll be fighting fit by the time we get to Mount Panorama, I reckon. And Absolutely. if I'm not it's fighting good. fit by then, then I'm in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it's a very a good week. weekend of racing though uh plenty of action which we'll talk about in the news and also a little bit of formula one action mm -hmm. uh over in mexico mm -hmm. uh, over the weekend so yeah. uh, plenty to chat about coming <clears throat> up but tell us about your weekend grant it got a little bit moist out there it was it was i tell you night racing with rain is awesome in yeah. the flesh, unbelievable. The rooster so tails, the rooster tails that were coming off those cars going down the front straight. Look, I guess when you're watching any type of motorsport and it's wet, you can see the, the spray and the mist and you think, oh, yeah, well, they're, they're kicking up a fair bit of wet stuff. But under lights, you can actually see how far 
how big, how much spray is coming off. It looked like a tidal wave of what it looked like a <laughs> 26 barrels of, of um, a tidal waves going down the middle of Eastern Creek when those cars uh, were, were ripping down there on that wet Sunday night race. It was, it was surprising. I could not believe how far and how high the water was going. Awesome. Yep. The, the spectators who braved it, I wasn't cold definitely would have wanted a jacket so you didn't get wet yeah but but it was uh it was brilliant it was uh, it was brilliant to just just to, just to see that it was a it was a spectacle just to see the cars ripping down there and it was also a pretty good race as well it's a shame it got uh red flagged in the end um we can talk a little bit more about that as you say in the news but um yeah it was kind of good especially after a couple of sort of ho-hum races i guess oh come on yeah, what? Come on, there's plenty going on in the Oh, races. there's enough going on. Of course, I don't know. Look, we're up to uh, two of these four uh, over and done with. Look, great that we're back out on track and everyone's oh, yeah. doing what they can. But, yeah. <clears throat> you do sound very tired. Very I'm, tired. I'm you're you're just over it completely. No, no, you need to I'm have like a Red it. Bull or something. Yeah, Jeez, maybe. Up. No, yeah. From, the, from uh, sitting on the couch, it actually looked really good. Uh, there was some spicy racing going on there's some good battles high pressure moments uh during the races and you know for all those guys in that final race you know racing around in the rain really terrible conditions and at night time i was surprised mm. there wasn't more crashes or aquaplaning moments I and mean, we saw some big off some shane van gisbergen had a big off at turn one and obviously, um, James Courtney and Brody Kostecki had a shunt there on the opening lap. But besides that, there was a bit of bump and grind, and uh, but lots of passing. So uh, I thought it was quite exciting to watch from the couch anyway. There we go. There we go. You're just excited to get back into it. You are just pumped Absolutely. up. You're pumped. Absolutely. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that in the news. Before we get there, though, uh, we just earlier had a chat with the great man, Paul Dumbrell, former Bathurst winner, two times Super 2 champion. He is twice as good as Doubly you. Doubly as good as me. In Super 2 racing. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we'll catch up with, uh, we caught up with PD earlier and we'll have a, uh, we'll have a quick chat to him. You were traveling in your car. So we, uh, we made the, mo- I shouldn't say car. It's a train. It's a van, this thing, right? It's a van. It's a van. And look, you know, you did want me to pull over and stop and get my microphone out and computer. And I thought, been mate, I've, been, I've been driving since 7am. Um, the last thing I want to do like an hour out of town is to stop and delay me actually getting to my location. So cool. my destination. Um, so sorry to everyone listening if the audio is not amazing, nah. but um, it's actually a very good interview. And PD is an absolute professional um, and he's he's done it he's done it all, whether it be yeah. racing or in business. Um, he's a family man too, so uh, he's a very very busy boy. He's always been that type of guy that has just taken on so much. Yeah. Whether it be in car racing or business or triathlons or just whatever he does, he just does it on a big scale. Yeah. So uh, it's great to catch up with him today. Yep, I always uh, always got along really well with him uh, when I was being journalist and he was being a race car driver is always friendly, always gave an, uh, enough time and sometimes too much time 
uh, not too much time, sorry, always would give more time uh, than than what I felt I uh, deserved or whatever. So um, actually, you know what, I, as much as I like news and we'll get to the news, let's let's bowl into the PD chat now. What do you reckon? Yeah, let's, let's mix things up. Why stay the same, Tony D? Why don't we mix things up? Okay. Let's go. It's Paul Dumbrell on the Parked Up podcast right now and we're powered by Race Fuels. And it's great to welcome Paul Dumbrell on to the Parked Up podcast. PD, thanks for coming on, mate. No, thanks, Rob, for, uh, for having me. Uh, no worries, mate. We're, uh, we're heading into a big time of the year uh, with supercars flat out now around Sydney and that, uh, that big old race at Bathurst. But it's probably one of the uh, – is, is it still – close to your heart is it still close to your mind you've uh, you know you've got so many other things going on in your in your business world now um is it, is it something that you're missing uh i don't think it doesn't matter how long after i've retired um you know, bathurst won't uh, won't form a huge part of uh, my life you know sitting on the on the couch as i've done the last uh, last two years uh watching uh watching watching the race it's still a huge part of uh my life australian support australian sport um, and yeah, can't wait to uh, can't wait to see it again this year. Uh, Peter, you've uh, you've been very fortunate in your career to have ticked that Bathurst one thousand box, and uh, mate, uh, it must be a very special milestone to to do that. Have you got any advice for me going into this race? Because uh, I've been out of this, the the main series seat for a while now, and uh, you know the the co driver role is. It's a difficult one when you're trying to protect someone's championship. You know how important their championship is. Um, and you're trying to do the best job you can without overstepping the mark. But it's a, quite a tricky role when you're in that position. Yeah, I'm pretty sure RD or Roland Dane summed it up well. He just told me, don't F it up. That's just... <laughs> And and as everyone who's followed motorsport close enough, um, I actually did that a few times, and uh, you know, arguably maybe even cost Jay Jay a championship here or there at one of the endurance races. But that's I guess part of this enduro. I know it's not an enduro cup anymore, being one race this year. But that's that's an amazing part about supercars at the moment. You have co-drivers coming in. You know, you and I and many other co-drivers are all the same. But, you know, you do one, two, three, four, five races a year. And you can actually make or break uh, someone's championship. You know, there's not too many uh, sports around the world where that happens. And I guess that just, you know, it further drives the, the, the opportunity and, and the prestige of, of Bathurst and the championships. But, you know, for everyone you know, listening, it, it's such a hard thing. You know, we're up there. We're probably at the right side of our career where we're, we're not up there trying to audition for a full-time gig anymore. Where some of the younger guys, and, and you've seen that, over the last 25 years, you know, enduro driver, you're auditioning for, for your career and yeah. myself included, many, many others and many, many more people to come. Um, yeah, they can put it wrong and it can make or break a career as well. And I think um, one of the reasons why I sort of um, chose to sort of retire from the full-time base a little bit early is because I knew my place. You know, if the team wanted you to drive around a second, a lap slower or conserve fuel, you actually knew you could do it. You could, you play your role and you didn't really care what anyone else thought because you're part of the team. When you're a young guy trying to make your career, driving around, trying to save fuel, that's the last thing you want to do because people go, oh, well, you know, PD or TD, they'll slow. So it's a different mindset being a co-driver and at the, the stage of the career which we both are at um, or were at. Um, but nonetheless, you know, you want to go out there and give it, give it everything though as well. Now, this year we're seeing two... Uh, retired drivers come back into uh, the Bathurst 1000, Greg Murphy being one, and also 
Russell Engel is doing a Johnny Barnum and he's coming back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, that guy just will not retire. Um, have you got those ambitions? You know, it's, do you want to come back and uh, have another crack at the 1,000 if their opportunity was right? No, I've had a few phone calls over the last couple of years to, to you know, is it something that I'll do? And, and um, no, I, I had the most fortunate career that I could have ever wish for, um, you know, from a full-time point of view and then as a co-driver perspective. Um, coming back, it would, be, it would be awesome. You know, I've got young kids, so, so four kids under five. So it would be great for them to sort of, um, you know, put, you know, the motor racing or their dad racing a car around Bathurst, you know, you know into their memory. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I've had my I've had my crack. You know, I've been really fortunate to have a have a couple of good races up there over the years, um, and to go up there and take an opportunity away from a young guy or whatnot, um, it would be good. But you know, I'm, I'm happy with where, where I'm at, and uh, probably would make myself look silly these days as well. Nah, not at all, not at all, not at all. I reckon there'd be uh, a, a little bit of uh, fight left in you for sure. What about? Um, um, let's uh, let's talk about racing. We've got a couple of other things we'd like to talk to you about. But um, uh, do, do you do you miss the act that 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 feeling of jumping inside? You know, a race car, any race car. Of course, you did. You know, you did a lot of Super Two stuff uh, in the back half of your career, which was, I guess, you know, to keep yourself, you know, as best as you could for when you were jumping in the uh, the the seat for the endurance races. But do you kind of miss that feeling of? of getting in the car and uh, going through all those motions, um, you know, is there an other categories that you might think, well, you know, I've still got a helmet and I'll still easily get a Motorsport Australia license. So I'd, um, you know, just to, uh, yeah, get those little Stretch jollies that edge. Uh, Jamie Winkup, Will Davis and I, we, we, we grew up together and Will and I went to school together. We, we did say when everyone finished, you know, racing, we'd all go do a GT race together somewhere around the world and have a bit of a laugh. But, um, I've thought about it over the last couple of years. You know, it was a big part of my life and it is a lot of fun. Um, the, the joke is when you are driving, the, the thing which you want to get out of every time was was ride days because, you know, they, they, were, they were good fun, but they're long days. Um, I actually said to, to Jamie and the team, you know, maybe next year or the year after, I might I might put my hand up and be a designated ride car, a ride day driver as well to, to get a few few laps under the belt as well. They're, they're awesome cars to drive. They are, it is an amazing um, experience that we've been fortunate enough to have over the years. Um, but, yeah, once again, you know, I've always had the philosophy, unless you can do it well, I don't do it at all. Um, and that's probably where I've been at the last, uh, last you know, two years. That's so funny that you talk about ride days um, because when I was full-time, I was same boat. I, I didn't – you get to a ride day and you'd be like, oh, I just had enough over the weekend and just hand the car over to whoever's co-driving with you. Um, now the shoe's on the other foot. I cannot wait for ride days. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm basically pushing the guys out of the car and I'll do the whole day. You know, I just absolutely love getting in the car and sitting in there for that time, uh, getting acclimatised to everything and – you just sort of forget how cool they are to drive. Um, and, and when you're a full-time driver, all you're thinking about is the last tenth of a second, a bit of understeer, a bit of oversteer, whatever it might be. But you've got a totally different approach being um, the co-driver. And yeah. uh, I think until you are that co-driver, you don't quite grasp it. Um, now, PD, you, you've had a huge amount of career. We've actually shared a trophy together. Um, you've won it twice. I've only won it once. And uh, that's the Dunlop's um, Super 2 Championship. Um, Brock Feeney's winning that championship at the moment. He's going to make a big step into the main series next year. 
you know, we've, we've both done it. It's a big step. Do you think Brock is ready to take on that challenge? No, big, big shoes to fill for, for Brock, no doubt about it. I think, you know, one of the, one of the benefits that he has is, you know, being in that Triple Eight environment for the last 12 months and, and knowing the team, you know, understanding who he's working for. Obviously, his engineer is stepping up with him next year um, as well. So that engineer-driver relationship such a, such a big thing uh, in any motorsport uh, team. But I think Triple Eight know how to win. Um, you know, they know how to win. They've won, you know, they've been, you know, the best team or, or you know, the, the, the top one or two teams over the last 10 to 15 years. So they, they know how to win. They know what to do. You know, they've brought in a couple of couple of young drivers, you know, Jamie Winkup, rewind, you know, 15 years ago, he was, you know, the young guy who was unproven, um, you know, had, had a year at Gary Rogers, a year at Tasman, uh, and then really, you know, broke out at Triple Eight. So they've got that environment which really uh, nurtures that young uh, young team. Obviously, a lot of changes happening in Triple Eight uh, as well, with RD, you know, stepping down and, and Jamie, you know, becoming the team principal next year as well. But I, I think he'll surprise next year. I, I, I really think, you know, in the environment that they're in, um, you know, uh, he will actually really step up and really probably shortcut a couple of years of development that you know the younger guys would normally do. I would normally have in in other teams. Um, I remember I look I think back in my younger younger days. It's it's not being knowing how to win. You know, I went to Perkins Motorsport at the time. They were a successful team, had won races. Um, but I think where sport is today and the culture and the environment that the younger guys come into, it's far far different. And I certainly think um, yeah, he, he will sort of turn a few heads next year for sure. Yeah, cool. We're looking forward to see how, how Brock goes and a bit of a change of the guard there. As much as we'll miss Jamie as well. Jeez, he just showed uh, the other night that he can still win these uh, win these motor races. So um, it'll be uh, it'll be sad to not have Jamie on on the grid, but also exciting that a you know new young gun is is on the way up in the in the biggest team that the that the sport has. Um, PD mate, time is money, and uh, we know that you've uh, you've always had the business stuff in in the back of your mind, even when you were. You know, being a professional professional race driver, and um, we've been fortunate enough to steal some of that time away from you. I don't know if you're going to send me an invoice for uh, for this time, but um, <laughs> just uh, just you know, I guess uh, after you had stopped your your uh, full time career, and then you know your Super Two and endurance uh, endurance driving stuff. Tell us about how how life has been. You know, uh, you know, and I guess you know your day to day. What uh, what does make up the a day of Paul Dumbrell these days? Yeah, uh, I sort of stopped at the end of, I think it was 2018 um, from, I guess, the, the, the full-time co-driving because I was, was also doing the sort of you know, six or seven Super 2 uh, rounds with the Eagleston Motorsport team, Ben and Rach as well, which was really, really enjoyable. And, and that great blend I had, you know, the, the cutthroat, you know, nature of, you know, being the co-driver um, with, with Jamie and then also having a bit of fun, but all really being able to coach some of the younger guys coming through that Eagleston team at the time as well. Um, you know, I started as CEO of Total Tools uh, in late 2018, and that's uh, been, been my life for the last three years. And uh, it's been really exciting moving out of the automotive uh, sector, which I've spent a lot of my life uh, and our family's life in, to, to a new sector as well, which has uh, been really good. So um, we've sold that business in, in more recent time to Net Cash. So it is a little bit of a deja vu for me selling uh, selling uh, the second business to Net Cash over the last 10 years. Um, but no, it's been really enjoyable. 
um, and, and the sector over the last two two years with COVID, etc., has been one of those really fortunate sectors um, that has really um, you know had some really great momentum behind it um, as well. So that's my business life. My personal life is uh, we've got uh, four kids under five and a half now. So yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. We did have four right. under five. Four at five. So um, anyway, I've taken my taking that into uh, my own hands now. So there'll be no more um, <laughs> coming. Um, snip, snip. Which, which is good. So uh, yeah, I think the next thing we'll be getting is a couple of dogs. But uh, no, life life's really good. So um, got a couple of kids. Our kid, uh, oldest Lenny, started school next year. So uh, yeah, now it's uh, just full time full time sporting dad driving uh, driving them around to the various events, birthday parties, which uh, will uh, will be uh, all good fun. <laughs> Now, PD, we, we started this podcast uh, when COVID hit um, and it was all about just you know, having a chat to people within the industry about being parked up and not being able to go racing. Um, and that, that was a bit, sort of a big achievement for us. You know, we're starting a new podcast, but you've started a, you know, a whole new empire with, uh, in, within your business. Uh, you're sort of making us feel a little bit inferior here, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no. Um, one thing I did want to ask you though um you know trying to put the different caps on between car racing between business family life um and trying to balance all those aspects and, and do it at such a high level like you have um it's not an easy feat and i think for a lot of drivers you know their, their sole focus is car racing or you know for a bit their sole focus is being a businessman what's helped you get through that stage of your career in both sides I actually think it complemented both. I think um, everyone has a different way of working. And I think when I was driving full time, I, I probably got there and go, oh, wow, I've made it to supercars. And it's like, well, that's it. I don't need to work that much harder. And, you know, rolled out to uh, the first race of Grand Prix and had a big crash and, you know, finished 25th and went, wow, that was a bit of an eye opener. So I think my career got, <laughs> you know, started on the right trajectory. Um, you know, when I started doing Ironmans and really got my, got my fitness right. Um, and that was also, you know, got me stopped thinking about motorsport because I think it's really easy to live and breathe at 24-7 and that works for some and that doesn't work for others. Um, and then so I was doing that fitness side and then, and then into the family business at that time as well. And, and to be honest, I actually think my, my performance has stepped up when I actually stopped spending as much time on motorsport but the time I did spend on it was quality time and I really dedicated really quality time to preparing and focusing on it rather than thinking about it 24-7. Now, that's very different to, to other people. Um, and at the same time, I think going away racing, travelling around the country, I was able to visit customers and stores and our teams in you know, Darwin and, and Northern Territory or you know, um, Townsville or WA. I probably got to more areas than what, what I probably would, would have normally done for that reason. And, and I think... Motorsport's a great um, icebreaker, you know, whether it's customers or teams, everyone knows motorsport and loves to talk about it. Even to this day, still talk about it a lot because it's a great passion and it, sh it shows how, how much of a good position the sport is in today because of, of the wide reaching, uh, you know, fan base that it has. So for me, it was, you know, the, the distraction or, or just the, the different things I could focus on um, over time. But I think, you know, um, you know, my time was up you know, a number of kids, you know, business being going to another level as well was, you know, it was just the right time for me. And I, I've said for many, many years, I'd much rather retire a couple of years too early than a couple of years too late. And I certainly think I, I did that probably could have had another couple of years, but I think, you know, it was just the right time for all those reasons. 
Uh, well, what do we think we about reckon, Jamie? Oh, we reckon wild card. Wild, one, one more wild card. Come on. <laughs> yeah. now, what, what do you think about Jamie retiring? Do you think it's the right time for him? I, I think similar vein to me. I think you know he's got a great opportunity to go, uh, you know, go to the team principal role. I think that really makes a lot of sense for him. It made a lot of sense for the team. You know, he's getting second in the championship this year potentially. You know. Um, uh, you know he'll give it give it a red hot crack to the end of the year, so he absolutely could could continue on and, and be competitive. Um, but I think you know um, his time of his life, it's the right right time for him. And and like him having an opportunity as a young bloke, um, you know it's opened up an opportunity for Brock to come into the team as well. And, and hopefully he's the driver for the next ten years with the team with Shane as well. So sometimes you know it's always about the greater good, um, and sometimes you know the sport's bigger than any one person. So it's probably all those things have aligned for him to make that decision as well. Yeah, awesome. Again, we're looking forward to it. Um, sorry, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't do as much uh, news chasing as I used to, but you're still got a minor shareholding in the team, um, or was that uh, was that bought out a little while ago? I, I forget. I can't keep up with all of that. Yeah, Tim Miles and I, who uh, sort of were two minority shareholders, uh, sold at uh, the start of this year. Um, and that's when Tony Quinn and, and Jess and Jamie, uh, et cetera, um, you know, acquired uh, some more more shares. So uh, Tim and I are now uh, just ultimate board members. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're just, uh, you know, cheering from the sideline um, mm-hmm. as much as what, uh, what, we can, as what we can. Yeah, cool. A easy team to cheer for as well because they uh, they always seem to f- uh, poke themselves up up the front. Uh, is that uh, and do you like just keeping that little element of of uh, interest and connection to the sport to the team? Is is that enough for you at the moment? Yeah, uh, it's you know um, it, it made sense for Tim and I at the time for for various reasons to, to part the shareholder register, but it was you know once it was for the greater good. You know, we had Tony. Quinn coming in and Jamie stepping up and Jess, et cetera. So it made sense um, for us to do to make those decisions at the time. But no, you know, I, I spent seven years, I think, there. Um, you know, some great success, some really fond memories, you know, plenty of hangovers to, to forget um, from <laughs> celebrations over the years uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, that'll always play a special part of my life, you know, even from, you know, from, the, from the sidelines as, as well. Cool, PD, mate. Thank you so much for joining us on Parked Up. I've just got uh, two last things. Now, Tony, we were saying how proud we were of the fact that we started a podcast. You know, PD was basically the pioneer of podcasts or or and, and radio shows in, uh, in Australian motorsport. Him and Rick Kelly uh, ran a show. PD, what was it called? Tell me. Oh, like, that's a... Yeah, that's a good point. Well, you mate, you were part of it. I there. was a part of it, yeah. Well. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. With uh, Croc Media uh, on the grid. I think on the grid, called, there you go. It? On the grid, there you go. So. There you go. <clears throat> yeah, so it ran on uh, radio, but they also had it as a podcast, and podcasts were uh, pretty new back then. So uh, ahead of your time, mate, ahead of your time. Uh, yeah, that was. I can't remember if we were tired or were sacked. I don't know. Yeah, cool, mate. And and uh, the other one, and a, and a, and a really sad one as well. The passing of your father just just recently. You know, he he uh, played a huge role in your life. You know, just as a father, um, as a mentor, uh, as a, as someone who gave you a, a lot of opportunity. Man, he uh, he he fought some he fought some tough battles and uh, and and came out on the shiny side so many times. Um, and I guess our condolences um, from from Tony and I. But um, you know, a, a great legacy that that he's left as well. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, 64 years old. Uh, many, many people know you fought a pretty tough cancer battle. Got given 5% chance to uh, make 12 months and, uh, you know, was cancer free, um, you know, 10 or 12 years later. And yeah, just a really unfortunate accident at home, falling down a couple of stairs uh, one afternoon. And uh, yeah, so uh, no, I guess the, the shock of that, you know, considering, you know, what, what he'd been through the last 10 or 12 years was a hard thing. But Everything you said, yeah. So from a from a family point of view, he gave us a lot and gave us so many opportunities that we're all better um, that we've benefited from. From supported Australian motorsport, you know, many people, um, you know, people never know the support that he gave other people throughout throughout their careers uh, as well. But that's what he loved. He loved motorsport so much, and uh, it was a big part of his passion. And he, and he said, "Lived." motorsport through uh, both Lucas and I, um, no doubt about it. So um, no, some great memories uh, there shared. And uh, yeah, certainly uh, someone has take, been taken a little bit too early, but um, yeah, we'll celebrate the 64 good years, uh, not uh, not the years that we didn't have. So yeah, no, thank you for, for the condolences. Cool, mate. Thank you. Well, look, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Of course, we can't wait to uh, to get to the uh, get to the great race. We hope you enjoy watching it from uh, the comfort of your couch. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll see how it all goes. But again, we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, PD. And we thank PD for uh, for that chat. Um, yeah, a real shame about his uh, about his father passing away. Mm. Um, and uh, like Paul had touched on, how much uh, how much his father Gary had given to the Australian motorsport scene. I know um, PD, he just came through the karting ranks just before yourself. He was kind of in that uh, a couple of years uh, earlier than you. Do, you. do you remember when you first met uh, Gary and Paul Dumbrell? Oh, look, I mean, as I mentioned before, they always have done everything on a big scale and uh, you couldn't miss the Dumbrells. Um, you know, they, they went karting in a big way. Um, and they're right, you know, like PD's right, I should say, they they supported a lot of um, younger drivers, um, always had the winds backing on the side pods and you knew that they were getting supported by um, the family. And, uh, you know, I think Frosty was part of that. Um, Darren Hossack, there was just a huge amount of drivers, um, Will Davison at some stage too, that that have had a little helping hand from the family to to get to where they need to go in their careers. And um you know it's very very nice of gary to do that and he, he especially when he had his own um flesh and blood racing in against those drivers but um yeah i knew paul um i knew lucas really well also so um sort of grown up and and seen their progression and uh you know seen them uh, along the way do do their thing and um sort of in a similar boat in many ways because They've owned their own race teams as well, and just like my family have. Um, but they've always done a very credible job. So, yeah, very sad to uh, see Gary go. And uh, in the way that he did, you know, he was very crook for a long time. Um, I think a lot of people would have thought that, you know, the cancer would have got him. But uh, unfortunately, he had a little fall at home. So, um, yeah, terrible moment for the, for the family. Because um, he's, he's only quite young, really, when, yeah. you, when you think about it. Mm. So, um, yeah. Very sad. Yeah, very sad. Very sad. But we appreciate Paul. Uh, appreciate the time that he gave us and um, and wish him all the best. And uh, maybe one day we'll hopefully we'll get to see him back in a race car. That would kind of be good. I, re- I reckon he will, you know, like he, he's sort of got that itch. And he did mention that uh, it never fully goes away. 
and yeah. he, he's done a lot of stuff in his car racing career and uh you know i reckon it'd be really fun to see uh jamie will and pd in a gt race overseas somewhere like that would just be great to see um, yeah, cool. so there you go let's see what happens great okay Lock maybe in. we All can right. go over and just polish their helmets or somewhere or something. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> polishing helmets, no problem. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Lock it in. Um, I'll go and make videos, and you okay. will. What would you do? What polish helmet? I'm just going to polish their visors. Okay, cool. Yeah. And just be on standby when they uh, yeah, might have we'll... a few too many beverages or something. <laughs> need a standing driver. <laughs> That's right. All right, come on. Let's uh, let's talk about some news. This is the news, and it is brought to you by Motorsport Websites. Tony D racing on the weekend. We saw Shane Van Gisbergen trip over. We saw Shell V-Power trip over. Uh, Jamie Winkup took a win. The race didn't have David Reynolds in it. There's oh, a, bit has happened, a bit has happened since the uh, last time that we had uh, spoken to each other. But um, I think we should start with the Reynolds thing. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so on the uh, on the Tuesday, on the Tuesday, just after we published the pod, it was a pretty big. Every time. It was a pretty big day for the pretty big day for the sport. It was uh, there was some wild, wild Chinese whispers going along. Everything from anything about uh, David missing out, and, and look, a lot of it has has been reported, but uh, in the end, uh, Reynolds won't compete for the last three races as he uh sorts out his vaccination status he needs to get a another jab uh, before he'll be let back into new south wales so he should be okay for the repco bathus 1000 uh but uh, yeah a little bit of a drama really it's a it's a drama and uh if this had happened in other sports and nrl and afl whew, it would have been would have been huge, but it's kind of it looks like it's just been swept away. It does a little bit because on the Tuesday when all this was unfolding, there was so many rumors going around uh, about what had happened, how it had happened, what had happened to David, and you know from things he's been basically locked up. Every rumor under the sun it just got worse and worse as the day went on, and then it did calm down a little bit. Uh, and I, I just feel as though that in the end it was reported on, but not uh, to the nth degree that we expected. Um, so I don't know whether it's been swept under the rug, but it, it's uh, the message has been quite lightly um, put out there, I should say, uh, you know, and, and it's probably in the interest of the sport as well. You know, it's not really um, our business to know what's going on. I mean, it'd be nice to know, but um, does it affect our day? Probably not. It's just we like to uh, indulge in the rumours. <laughs> Stick our noses in. That's right. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, supercars have been very firm in their drivers, teams, everyone involved in this hub um, to go racing, that they need to be vaccinated unless they have a reason for it or, or an exemption. And it seems like David uh, doesn't have a legitimate exemption. And he's been called out for it. And uh, I don't know how people found out about it or anything like that. But the result has been that he's had to step aside. Um, I'm not even sure where, where he is right now. 
But it did mean that Luke Yildon got his very first solo supercar race debut. Unbelievable, isn't it? 40, yes. that was his 48th, or he'd already done 48. That was his 49th uh, supercar start, and he'd never done one on his own. Un- unbelievable stat. Yeah, and he did a bloody ripping job. Mm. Like, he did a very good job. I think he qualified 11th on Sunday. Very hard gig. I mean, he's done minimal laps all year um, in that car. And, you know, Saturday, it was, you know, it was a quick fire sort of event, you know, a couple of practice sessions, straight into quality and straight into race. So you didn't have a lot of time to really acclimatize or get comfortable or find the limit. But, yeah, he he did reasonably well on Saturday and then Sunday backed it up with, uh, I think, 11th in qualifying and then 11th in the race as well. So, and in, you know, treacherous conditions. So, he, he didn't look out of place, put it that way. So hats off to Luke. Um, you know, he's he's an awesome, awesome driver and uh, it was just great to see him get a chance. But uh, probably not in the style that, you know, everyone in the sport would have liked, uh, the, the reasoning why he got the, the start. But, but what happens from here, Grant? I mean, there was rumours that, you know, Dave is not going to be part of the team anymore. We haven't had any confirmation from Grove, um, and this is where all the rumors just went crazy on Tuesday. You know, you, if you listen to them, Dave was never going to be seen again. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like that. No, I think it looks like he'll be back at for the Bathurst 1000. That's certainly the plan. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'd asked the team what is the go, and there was there's still a little bit more that needs to be fleshed out, as I understand, but. We just have to wait and see. My suspicions is that he will be, he will be fine for Bathurst. He will get on with the get on with it, and uh, and and hopefully, you know, look, I don't, I I get along extremely well with David Reynolds. I know you get along with him really well, as well. You know, he's had a couple of incidents incidents in through his career, which have seen him sort of come and go through through various teams and yeah in my heart of hearts i really just want it to work for him with grove because i think he's got a great it's a great opportunity he's got a good long-term sponsor in Penrite. there he's one of the great characters or certainly unique character of of our sport and if anything it's one of the things that our sport probably lacks a little bit of a couple of um you know Crazy Dave's. So, mm. and we don't want to I lose. I feel like this we is don't, we don't want to lose. Craziness that. has got him in a bit of strife this time, and we've seen it before. You know, when he when he uh, called the uh, the pee wagon uh, mm. with the girls driving it, and um, you know, you got that twenty thousand dollar fine, which at the moment just seems so insignificant to what's just happened yep. <laughs> um, recently. Yeah. Uh, but you're right; he has been in amongst some controversy over his career and. Uh, contracts and uh, unhappiness with different teams. So, uh, and this is probably his last team, you would say, you know, like he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. And if he could spend the next five years at Grove, he will have done very well. And they're definitely a team on the rise. There's no doubt about that. So yeah. I don't know where he'd find himself uh, a better seat right now. Yeah, I wonder what he was thinking while the racing was going on. I'm sure he was watching. And Andre Heimgartner had qualified really, really well. They, mm. they, and like with Luke also doing quite well, he was probably looking at it thinking, hmm, maybe I was on for, could have been on for a podium at mm. uh, Sydney this weekend. I think when it rained, there was a, uh, there was, you know, I guess it's a leveler. Mm. And it does allow some teams who might not 
have the best car to uh, to outperform where they would be in the dry, and I think the Groves really proved that 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 was possible. That at least good results are, are possible. So uh, that was, uh, I think Dave might have been looking at that going, yeah, if I was there, maybe. But anyway, we'll never know. And um, the chance of rain at Bathurst in <laughs> late de- in early December is probably pretty thin. So maybe. that's the one race that everyone wants to win. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to get that levelling rain. But, uh, well, who knows? Could be. We'll see. Could be. All right, let's talk uh, about the actual round itself. Um, Will Brown took an amazing pole position for race one and looked so good in race mm. one. Uh, to I mean, He got the start. He was leading. He was ahead of Jamie. Potentially got sucked into maybe stopping a little bit earlier yeah. um, than what he would have liked because Jamie yeah. stopped, so he had to cover him off. And unfortunately, the Erebus guys had another um, tough pit stop and they couldn't get the, the front right off or back on really. Um, and unfortunately it ended uh, in a, you know, a slow stop, uh, which ruined Will's chances of actually uh, continuing in the lead of the race. For the second um, week in a row. Yeah. I really, really felt bad for them because I'm sure they've been practicing their asses off all week, trying to, um, you know, not let the side down, but they're having whatever problem they're having with that uh, Will nut uh, just seems to be a reoccurring problem. So I felt bad for, uh, for Will whether or not he could have held off Shane Van Gisberg, and it would have been a very tough ask. I mean, the, Shane had a lot of pace and yeah. ended up getting by Jamie and, and won by quite a bit. So, And the strategy um, was definitely to go long. Definitely yep. go. Like, that was the fastest way to finish that race. And uh, Triple Eight, to their credit, threw, threw, the, uh, threw the, them the, uh, the Jamie Winkup bone and they, they had to try and cover. They had to take it, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, just saw the championship leader, Van Gears, just uh, just race on. So, I mean, yeah, credit to Triple Eight for outfoxing them and putting Erebus under pressure, which you know might have also been a part of why the uh, you know why there was that error in in the lane as well. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think if if Erebus, you know, they got the car speed to win these races. Um, so, and you know, I think the crew were definitely up to it. Like, whatever is happening. Um, will that with that wheel nut um, seems to be a bit of a drama rather than the crew actually doing anything wrong in, in particular. So we also saw a pretty spicy battle with Will Davison and Nick Perkett for it would have been at least 10 laps. I reckon Nick was glued to the back of Will's bumper, uh, but just couldn't quite get past. So Will managed to hang on for a podium, mm. uh, which was quite a good recovery because he had a, quite a poor start in the race. Um but was able to sort of recover and, and uh, finish the race off pretty well there. Didn't quite have the pace of Triple Eight, though. And Anton Di Pasquale, he uh, had a problem in quali and then ended up coming back through the field. I can't remember where he actually finished. I think about 11th or yeah, something Yeah, I think like it was that. 11th or 12th. Got nothing on what Chaz did in that last wet race, coming back through from dead last after a scrutineering Park Fermi issue coming all the way back to P3. And what was the issue with that? I don't know what, what, what issues can you have in park for mate touching the car when you're not supposed to touch it. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't look too closely or read too much into what the exact issue was. Mate, you're, you're part of the media. We're meant to be informing our listeners of what the hell went off on the weekend. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think it was actually, it was either a ride height or a weight thing, right. something like that. 
that got him excluded from the quality session because he actually qualified on the front row. And this is for race three that you're talking about. That's right. Um, and which was in the wet conditions. So the Walkinshaw cars haven't been amazing at Sydney Motorsport Park, but both cars, uh, Chaz and um, Bryce Forward, qualified towards the front. Um, Bryce made a very good start in the last race, passed everybody basically. Um, I think his foot slipped off the clutch a little bit early and uh, unfortunately uh, jumped the start and, and got a little penalty for his efforts. But um, those guys were more competitive this weekend. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you are actually renowned for your good starts. I've always, uh, I've always, you know, anytime you're in a car race, I'm always what giving paying a little bit of extra, extra attention to you, whether you're at the front of the field or right down the back. You're just biased. You're just biased. I am a little biased, of course. But um, you've all, you've you've actually always made good starts. Maybe you've never like made my... a start like Bryce Forward made. <laughs> yeah, you went quite early. Like when yeah. you when you look at the vision, he's gone quite early, but sort of one of those moments. Do you stop or do you just press on? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, once you're gone, you're gone, aren't you? Once you cross yeah. that line uh, and you start in front of everyone else, then yeah, forget about it. You're going to have to go through for an unfortunate tour through the pit lane, uh, which he had to. But uh, yeah, look, Mitty's got a little bit of extra TV coverage that they might and mightn't have otherwise <laughs> got. So uh, for that uh, electrical wholesaling chain, then I think it worked out pretty good. <laughs> uh, now, talking about race two, because we missed that one, um, Anton De Pasquale, my teammate, just, mm-hmm. just letting you know, yeah. um, he put on pole and won the race, so that's all we need to say. Yep. But uh, James Courtney actually got third in that race, which I thought was a pretty good effort from the Tickford boys, considering they haven't had a lot of pace. You know, they seem to have a bit more pace on the weekend, but not not like they turned it around at Townsville where they suddenly went from the back to the front. I think everybody's going to get better over these four weekends. And, um, you know, by the end of it, hopefully we see a, a bit more variety at the front uh, than we have seen the last two weekends. But, uh, yeah, very good victory there for Anton. And uh, he got second in the last race as well. So decent weekend for Shell. Mm. Be- even better weekend for Red Bull, though, unfortunately. I mean, fortunately. <laughs> Are you excited for this? Uh, so we've got two more two more rounds to go at uh, at Sydney. Yeah, even on uh, Sunday, it was kind of feeling a little bit like Groundhog Day, uh, rolling up and doing the same sure thing again you. and again. The the best thing about Sunday, though, it rained. Uh, not just because it did look spectacular, especially under lights, but uh, it did mix a mix a, a fair bit up. I don't know what the forecast is like for the next couple of weeks, but this week we go back. To to uh, back to the same thing, another two-day meeting. I think the V8 Super Utes are there, uh, trudging around. Uh, so that will be uh, that'll be good to see those guys back. Uh, improved production, I think, are on. Jordan Cox is going to race in that, so a little bit of a TCR flavour uh, through the support categories. Uh, but that last uh, that last event in a couple of weeks' time, SMSP four. That's going to be awesome. S5000 is going to be there. Trans Am is going to be there. Jason Barguan is racing in that. Super 2 is going to be there. Um, So, yeah, uh, that is very, very, very exciting. uh, That'll be good. And that'll be a great little preview to uh, the Bathurst 1000, Uh, you know, seeing a lot of our uh, best categories competing. Uh, That's going to be a full-on weekend and... Uh, can't wait to uh, can't wait to get to that point because um, at that point we're only a couple of weeks away from the big one. 
I'm not that excited about the 250k races though for supercars. I reckon that's going to be a big old day and like field spread and you know, like I, I think the sprint races work really well. Yeah, uh, look for sure, for sure. Uh, a couple of safety cars were good. It was good to have some of those safety cars in that in that wet race. That really, really helped spice it up a little bit. And yeah, we just haven't seen say, hardly any safety cars. These cars are far too reliable. <laughs> uh, you know, they don't crash into each other <laughs> as much as we'd like to see. Uh, we don't see them hanging out of fences or whatever, which, you know, I guess we don't ask for crashes, but sometimes those safety cars really do help take the, yeah, uh, take the event to the next level. Um, cool. Okay. So you're up in Sydney now and mm-hmm. you've got one test. Uh, do you get to drive the car once or twice in the lead up to that last event? What's, what's your nah. schedule? Uh, I've got Challenge Bathurst uh, over the next few days. Oh, yeah. Head up there. About that. Um, Don't forget me. I need to go up with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. No worries. Um, head up there with Adrian Dietz in his Lamborghini, mm-hmm. um, which is prepared by Wall Racing. Um, get a little bit of testing in. Weather doesn't look too amazing right now, so um, be interesting to see. Uh, and then come back and watch some racing over the weekend, and then we've got a test day on the Tuesday in uh, the DJR car. So um, that'll be sort of my first time back in the car and trying to get comfortable. And um, I'll pour a seat in between all that, make sure that I'm, oh, I can reach the pedals and steering wheel and gear stick and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, hang out until the Bathurst 1000, basically. Awesome. Very exciting. Very, but very I brought up all my helmets and suits. So if anybody needs me to drive something on that last weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, I am. I'll put my hand up. Okay, cool. Well, what do you reckon? Right. Uh, I reckon you should race S five thousand. Really? Mm, that'd be How good. do you think that would that help my chances at the Bathurst one thousand though? Really? I don't know. V eight rear wheel drive, V eight powered thing. Geez, I reckon I'd be a bit scared. Certainly get you going. Actually, uh, I did a, uh, a little video piece with Josh Bucken. The most interesting thing, look, anything that Josh Bucken says is interesting. He's a, he's a, crazy, he's a funny character. He, he did Formula Ford over the weekend. Unfortunately, ended up ripping one of the corners off it after oh. some, some other guy uh, spun in front of him. He had nowhere to go and just um, uh, completely smashed into him. But uh, the, the best thing he said was that, it was good to get those laps in Formula Ford before he goes to Bathurst for the TCR 400 in the Hyundai. But he said, you know, just to get back in that, getting in race race mode and putting a helmet on and doing a race start and feeling that pressure, feeling those nerves, um, that was uh, that, that's the thing that he said that he got the most out of it. So, yeah, um, get yourself in I've something. Been, Who cares? Yeah, yeah, I'll try. I mean, I've been wearing my helmet on the simulator flat out, so that that box is ticked. So I think I'm halfway there already. Yeah. <clears throat> All that reminded me was was that uh, two-driver Bathurst race at the very start. No, I don't let's talk about that. Sorry. Let's not talk about that. No. Moving do, on. I'll just so there was quickly a remind our race. viewers, our listeners, I'll just quickly remind them that you, you probably were going to make a great start but you didn't click it into gear. I told you not to tell them. Sorry. Remind, remind them. Remind them. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, what else? Formula One. Let's talk a little bit about, about that. Max Verstappen won the Mexican Grand Prix, extended his lead. He actually dominated 
Uh, Valtteri Bottas had qualified on pole. Verstappen was down in third, but uh, Verstappen far too good. And he, what have we got? Four rounds of the world championship to go. And Four to go. He's not, it's not, it's not locked in. There's still too many points on offer, but he's in a bloody good spot. He's in a bloody mm. good spot. And the reign of Lewis Hamilton could be coming to an end. Yeah, it could be. Uh, he Lewis just didn't have the pace in the race. Um, it was funny because in quali, they they looked like they had the goods and I think probably surprised everybody that they out-qualified Red Bull. But in the race, you know, Max got a great start and, and took quite an ambitious move around the outside of Bottas and, and got the lead and then he was never headed from there. So great to see uh, Checo Perez you know, get a, a podium his first Mexican driver at the Mexican Grand Prix to get a podium. Um, so the crowd was just going crazy. Absolutely mental. They didn't care that he didn't win the race. They were just ecstatic. And in that stadium, like they were trying to interview people after the race and you could not hear a word they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the worst TV ever. But um, yeah, a lot of excitement around uh, Checo getting that that podium. So very, very cool. Um, and yeah, four more rounds to go and it is going to be tough for Lewis to overcome, um, Max, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, I, I think there's 25 points for a win and I think he's yep. 17 behind or something like that. So it'll only take one failure or a crash or something and, and Lewis will be back in the hunt and, you know, you can't really discount either of them. And we've seen that all year. It's been a really hard fight. So, but it is feeling like it's getting away from Lewis a little bit and, um, his body language and stuff looks a little bit uh, deflated. Yeah, you're right. Though it's only uh, it's only one bad result for Max and a good one for Lewis, and the whole thing gets turned on its head. And um, yeah, uh, what about and... Danny Rick on the weekend? He caused a little shunt at the start. He outbraked himself into turn one and ended up turning Bottas around. That's why Bottas went to the back. Um... It was like the smallest little touch, but just enough to send him around. Yeah, unfortunately. Poor old Danny Rick. Mm, not not yeah. a good race. Nah, but uh, yeah, the highest of highs really, uh, you know, just wind the clock back just a little bit and getting that Monza victory. You know, the, the McLaren still seem like they're, they're on the way up. Mm. Uh, they've got a little bit to go to catch those guys in front, but you know what? New regulations coming through soon. I think the whole thing's going to get, turned on its lid uh so that that's kind of exciting to to think that a a great deal of field mixing up is going to really spice up the whole thing possibly similar to what's going to happen when gen 3 eventually arrives Mm. um and uh, you know change the pecking or potentially change the pecking order yeah yeah let's hope so because you want to see some new winners um it would be great to see Max wrap up this championship and, uh, you know, Lewis have to really fight to finally get that eighth, or when I say finally, to get that eighth championship that he desires. And I feel like once he gets that, he'll end up retiring. Um, we'll see. We'll he see. might not get it. He might not. He get might it. not. He's got George Russell um, in the same team next year. And that'll be interesting to see how he acclimatizes to Mercedes Benz and whether or not he can get some good results and, you know, start giving Lewis a really hard time, which we think he, he will be able to. So mm. anyway, that was uh, Formula One in a little nutshell. And uh, I think they've got back-to-back weekends now, I think. 
They're, they're jam-packed. Oh, man, too much motorsport, never enough. I tell you what, we've got back-to-back-to-back at Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, plus, a good, at least let's at least not a 4.30 a.m. Grand Prix, please. Where are we going next? Where's the next F1 race? I don't even know. We need to go to, it's got to be. I think it's Brazil. Oh, God. And, of course, Brazil's next. So it's definitely not a normal race, normal time zone race for us, we Australians here down under. So uh, another super, super early start. But we're on holidays now, so we can get up and do whatever we want. Whatever Some time. of us are on holidays, Tony D. Some of us. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Okay. Well, look, that's enough. Now, uh, so you've just arrived. You've driven your car all day up the Hume Highway. Uh, in between all this, I saw that you've had Uber Eats come and yep. deliver you something. What did you get? I got some um, Guz- Guzman and Gomez. Oh. Uh, I got a little burrito. Oh, yeah. Healthy. Yep. One of the yeah, reasonably healthy. I got I got rid of all the rice, so it's not as uh, filling. Um, but I've been good all day, so um, I haven't eaten too much. I spent a long time on the phone today. Right, good. Uh, not doing, to, not to you, but doing deals. Try, always trying to do some deals. Yeah, it had a reasonably good day to be honest. So uh, we'll see how, how all that pans out in the next few weeks. Oh. Yeah, I might even have something to announce on the Parked Up podcast. Can we do like a special interview? Uh, yeah, I can grill you. Can we, can we do, can I be the special guest for once? You sure can. As long as, as long as my regular Tony Dalberto is also asking questions. Oh God, that's a special guest, Tony Dalberto. (laughs) Can we, we'll call call you, we'll call your uh, other person Antonio or something. Just so we don't get, don't, don't confuse anybody. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Cool. Will you be at the track tomorrow? Uh, I am not at the track tomorrow, but uh, I will see you at Sydney Motorsport Park on Wednesday. Oh, yes. Where I'm going to uh, park my car inside the race fuels area. So it's nice and safe because it's very safe inside there. Very, very safe. And then we'll take my Western Ford Transit to Bathurst. Yep, cool. Join us on on Instagram and we'll do a couple of uh, funny stories. Or, well, they'll be stories if they're funny. I mean, who knows? But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try our best. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. All righty. This is it. Another week is done. Tony D, we'll, uh, I'll, we'll see you soon. Would you, actually, should we listen to our own podcast on the way up? Nah, heavy torture. I don't Absolute think so. Torture. Especially all this rambling at the end. Uh, nah, we'll, we'll find something. Maybe we'll listening, listen to some Elton John or something. Sing along. <laughs> Sounds and, good. Until next week. See ya.